We believe that the potential for people to do something amazing has everything to do with being in the right role, on the right team, at the right time. On the Greenhouse What's Your Why podcast, we're celebrating recruiters, individuals who are dedicated every day to helping others unlock that potential. Join me, Ariana Moon, Director of Talent Acquisition at Greenhouse, as I sit down with talent professionals to discover their motivation, inspiration, and journey through today's world of work. Today, I'm talking to Steph Jade Thomas. Steph is a tech recruiter at Cobalt. Prior to Cobalt, Steph was a people coordinator in fintech at Jumo. Before that, she was a recruiter in travel tech at Rhino Africa. Steph and I will discuss how her experience in social work has helped her succeed in HR and how her passion for theater helps hone her hiring skills. We'll also explore what advocating for the right person for a role looks like as a recruiter. Please welcome Steph Jade Thomas. Hi, Steph. How are you? Hey, I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me here. Of course. I am really excited (laughs) for this conversation. I would love to learn uh, deeper about your experience. Right now, you're at Cobalt. How did you get to be where you are today? I know you've worked at various industries and geos, but perhaps you can walk us through your journey so far as a talent acquisition professional. Absolutely. If I think back on my career, I have to think back to, you know, how I started and I started with what, what I studied and I studied social work. So, you know, as a social worker, I decided to follow that career path purely because I realized I love people and I love understanding the inner workings of people. And I pursued that career path. Uh, it was great because I got to start working with clients immediately from my second year. And when Mm. I graduated, I was like, I love this, but I feel like I haven't seen much of the world. I've learned so much about, you know, what makes people tick, but now I want to actually get to know people and get to know diverse groups of people. So I got the incredible opportunity to work on cruise ships. I seized it and went off to the USA and worked on Disney Cruise Line for two years as a youth activities counselor. And during my time on the cruise ship, I got to travel the world. I got to meet people from over a hundred different nationalities. Wow. Uh, Yeah, it was absolutely spectacular. And most importantly, I actually got to partner with the steering committee and the HR team on resolving crew member needs and understanding, you know, what crew members need. And that is what my first exposure to HR was. And I realized, you know, maybe I could be a social worker, but in a company in people operations or in recruiting. And and that's when I kind of started my my career. Um, while I was still in my final contract on the ship, I actually started doing a short course in HR. And immediately when I came back and I decided, okay, land life, it's time to, to get my feet back on the ground. I decided to try to get my foot in the door. And I know it's not always easy um, to get your foot in the door, but luckily I found a junior recruiting position at a, a small startup in Cape Town called Rhino Africa. And They were looking for a junior recruit at the time with no experience, which was perfect for me. And from the get-go, it was just me and the talent manager. And we pretty much built all the processes up from scratch. During my time there, we started about 100. We grew to about 250 to 300 almost. And we were hiring across the board. And that, that for me was, you know, the real kind of where I got the full exposure to all things from simply just recruitment attracting people, hiring all the way through to actual 
internal people processes, so probation management, performance management, all the way through to exit um, processes and offboarding. So it was really a full full cycle type position and gave me a lot of exposure to the different you know dynamics of people operations, the different dynamics of talent acquisition. Following that role, I got the opportunity to work as a people operations specialist at a company called Jumo World. And Jumo was a little bit different to travel tech. I shifted into the world of fintech and working with a really incredible purpose and a really great mission focused on mm. entrepreneurship in underdeveloped countries. Jumo World was fabulous and really gave me exposure to the different moving parts within the people operations function, which was great. So I got to work a little bit with learning and development, a little bit with business partners, mainly with talent acquisition, but I got to kind of be the glue that pulled the different moving parts together, which was really exciting. Um, and then after that, I decided I had just gotten married to my husband. He's actually German. So we decided, okay, maybe it's time we should start looking to move, try look for something, you know, somewhere to explore. And we decided to make the bold move and, and move from South Africa to Germany. And during that time, I found my position at Cobalt, where I currently am, and that's in the world of cybersecurity. So another super interesting, um, exciting world of tech. A lot of quirky characters I've, I've been exposed to, which is super exciting and incredibly intelligent people as well, which is, which is great. So that's kind of what, what found me in my, in my current role. Wow, what an interesting <laughs> journey. So many different industries, different roles, kind of seeing the full employee life cycle, whether it's on TA side, you mentioned L&D, you mentioned business partnering, and also just like the physical travel that you had to do, which I know for a lot of us, we're still kind of getting back into the gears of figuring out what travel looks like in this world. Throughout all these different experiences, different roles at different companies, was there a through line for you around what made you passionate about your job every day? Like what got you out of, got you out of bed and excited to go to work? I think for me, it's always been about the people. And I know that's a classic thing that anyone in people operations or anyone in recruiting says, but it goes back to my social work roots in that. As a social worker, I was constantly thinking about the holistic human being. And when you think about work and you think about life, if you're spending about 70 to 80% of your life at work, you're going to want to mm -hmm. love what you're doing. You're going to want to be super yeah. excited to wake up in the morning, excited to be working with the people you're working with, feel that you're learning, feel that you're growing, feel that you're contributing to something greater. And when I think about what I do, knowing that I'm finding that greater purpose for someone else is what excites me. So for me, I get so hyped when it's off a day, like the day it's off a day. I'm like running around the house. I'm like, it's off a day, it's off a day. I'm like sticking it. My husband thinks I'm a little bit crazy, but <laughs> for me, off a day is the most exciting day because I know this is the day that all of the hard work I've been putting into, like for the past couple of days, weeks, however long it took to fill the position is now coming to fruitation. And this is the day that I'm finally getting to find that awesome match that I've been trying to make. Uh, so for me, it's all about that. It's about, it's about making that match. I like that you call it specifically offer day <laughs> because it is a really important moment in the recruiting process. You do all this work and it results uh, in this offer going out and hopefully knock on wood getting closed. Um, and I like that you name it, you make a moment of it. 
When you think about those times that you've been able to have that kind of impact for folks, are there any stories that come to you that you've been able to do so in meaningful ways? One that always stands out for me is is something that happened very early in my career. So when I was still, you know, cutting my teeth in the industry as a junior recruiter, I came across the CV of someone that was studying HR. Also, just like I had been trying to get their foot in the door in the industry, but didn't quite get any of the opportunities. Previously, she was actually working at a health club. So I used to be working front desk at, at a health club when I was going through university as a kind of, you know, part-time position. And I realized I kind of saw, you know, a similarity there. I saw, I saw a connection there. And I kind of understood, you know, working, working at a health club, you're interacting with people. You're getting to understand what their needs are. As a gym instructor, you want to improve people's lifestyle. And that's the same thing you're doing as a people operations person in a company. You're wanting to make sure that people's lives at work are improved. So what I did was I had to jump through a lot of hoops to convince my manager that this would be the right hire for our team. And after all that effort, we, we eventually ended up hiring her as a, a recruiting intern. I think within six months, she was promoted to a permanent employee. And since then, it was about five years ago, I've now seen her hosting webinars, growing in her career. Mm -hmm. She's now in a people operations specialist position at a really great startup in South Africa. And for me, that is so exciting, you know, seeing someone succeeding, seeing someone growing and coming from, you know, a completely different role, a completely different industry and finding what her purpose is. Yeah, because that story is not just about helping someone find a job that's great for them. It's also a story about helping the people making the hiring decision be open-minded absolutely, to maybe a profile that they weren't originally looking at or even considering. And so I think a lot of what really awesome talent acquisition professionals do is expand the mind of the people that they work with or the people that they're partnering with in terms of what an ideal hire is. I think the, the word ideal, it can come with a lot of different definitions and getting really clear on maybe less what someone has on their resume, but like, what do you want them to do? And in order for them to do that thing, like what skills do they need? Are those skills learnable? Can you teach them? Um, and having that open-mindedness or that growth mindset. Um, I think is a really important part of being a recruiter. Sure. We're in, we're in such a powerful position in that we are gatekeepers. We are trusted mm -hmm. as advisors to our hiring managers and they lean on us to know what might be transferable skills, what might be a skill that is needed and that we cannot possibly train on the job. Uh, I can even think of, a, of another example of quite recently, we were looking to hire an engineering manager and Naturally, engineering manager roles are incredibly tough roles to fill. For me, the most important step in the recruiting process is that kickoff chat, that conversation mm -hmm. where you're sitting down with the hiring manager before the role's even launched, and you're really getting into the nitty gritty of what it is that they're looking for. Often you'll have all this detail in a job description, and it doesn't always necessarily match exactly what they're looking for. In the industry, you know, we call it things like the unicorn or the purple squirrel or mm -hmm. whatever name it might go by. And that ideal profile might not necessarily exist, but digging through those details and getting an understanding of what are the actual must-haves versus the nice-to-haves is really helpful so that when it comes to actually hiring, sourcing, finding the right fit, you know what you can potentially compromise on. And that is super important when it comes to looking at things like diversity and inclusion and understanding, you know, how can I fill the top of the funnel with 
the best possible candidate, but also keeping in mind the fact that we need to try and bring in as much diversity, as much wealth of knowledge that we can so that eventually grow the company, it'll eventually impact the company in a completely different way because you'll have this wealth of knowledge from different you know, mindsets, different ways of thinking. Um, so, so quite recently, when we were looking at this engineering manager position and I, and I asked the hiring manager, you know, what, what are you looking for? And when I got a better understanding of what um, the director of engineering was looking for, and he explained to me that he just needs someone that is incredibly inspirational and, and has that empathic nature to understand the developmental needs of their team. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized, okay, now we can start looking, broadening our net a little bit. Probably one of my greatest achievements just over the past quarter is having hired two incredibly strong female engineering managers to the company. And just about a week after they joined, I had a, you know, onboarding chat with them, welcome to the company. And they were both saying, I'm so glad that you reached out to me on LinkedIn because I would never have applied for this position. I looked at the job yeah. description and I would never have submitted my application because I, I don't think I ticked all of the boxes. And that's something that happens so often. A woman will look at a job description and if they don't tick at least 80% of the boxes, they don't think they can do it. On the other hand, a man might apply and just be like, let me see what happens. You know, you never know. So being able to be that gatekeeper and being able to be that person that said, you know what, let's look at these candidates. Let's have a conversation with them. Let's have an open chat to see what have they worked on? What have they built? What kind of person are they? And would they be an awesome fit to have that empathic sort of servant leadership type attitude that the team is needing. And in the end, it worked out. And and now we have two awesome female uh, engineering managers at Cobalt. As you were talking, I was thinking about how a lot of the times what recruiters need to do is challenge old ways of thinking. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of the times hiring managers have really great intentions. They do want to diversify their team. They do want different perspectives. But a lot of the times, the reason they fall back on only relying on certain channels or only relying on inbound applications or being stringent when it comes to, I need to see XYZ thing on the resume is because it feels probably safer because that's what has always been done. But again, I think the really great recruiters challenge like, maybe we shouldn't post on, you know, let's say LinkedIn first. Maybe we can find a platform where there is more diversity of thought or diversity of lived experiences. Or maybe I can challenge, you know, what this, five to seven years of experience of XYZ thing. Do you really need that? Like, can we open up the years of experience because people grow at different rates? So I think like one very fun part about being a a recruiter is the ability and kind of like the permission you can give yourself to ask those questions because then you can really help people start thinking in ways that they haven't before. Absolutely. Time for a quick break. Do you employ or pay workers in other countries? Even if you don't yet, you might soon. Now that remote work is the norm, employees have more freedom than ever to move around. To keep your best people, you have to stay flexible. That's why remote makes it easy for companies of all sizes to employ global teams. They take care of international payroll, benefits, taxes, stock options, and local compliance, so you can focus less on paperwork and more on growing your business. Remote helps you onboard full-time employees or contractors in countries all over the world in minutes using a simple, easy-to-use platform. Remote also provides the most comprehensive intellectual property protections and data security in the industry, so you can grow your global team with confidence. 
With local team members in every country where remote operates, building a comprehensive benefits plan for a distributed team can be tricky. So Remote has put together a helpful new guide, how to build a global benefits plan. Get your free copy today by visiting the link in the show notes to learn how to give your global team members the benefits they need. Welcome back. Here's more of my conversation with Steph J. Thomas from Cobalt. I'm thinking about how you started in TA and then you eventually came back to TA after being on, you know, the other side of the candidate to employ lifecycle. What ultimately brought you back to recruiting? When I took the position at, at Cobalt, I started out actually reporting to the manager of people operations. And after six months, I shifted to reporting fully to the talent manager because it was during those six months, I think I really got the opportunity to take on any additional responsibilities and really understand what it is that excited me about my job and excited me about working with different types of people. And it was during that time when I realized the thing that constantly draws me back to recruitment and the thing that constantly draws me back to technical recruitment specifically has got to be my father. So my dad mm-hmm. was, he was a computer programmer. Um, unfortunately, about two years ago, he he passed away. And, you know, throughout my my schooling years, throughout my university years, he would tell me, you should be a project manager. You should be a programmer. And he would have all these big visions of me being in these highly technical positions that I didn't quite see for myself. Uh, I saw myself much more like my mother. My mom is a teacher and I saw myself more on the people side of things and more of on the side of where I'm guiding people, I'm growing them and understanding their needs. So I feel, you know, working as a tech recruiter is my way of being both close to my dad as a technical person, Mm -hmm. as well as close to my mom as a teacher and someone that can understand what someone needs. So I'm really like getting the best of both worlds in that sense. And it's really been incredible. I mean, learning about the world of tech is so incredibly exciting. And I get the opportunity to learn something new almost every single day. The world of tech never stops evolving. And yeah, it's just been a journey. (laughs) What a great way to honor both him and your mom. You're kind of like the hybrid of what (laughs) they embodied. When you think about yourself as a recruiter, what do you think makes you really good at what you do? When I look back on my career, as a classic, probably millennial, I didn't really know what I wanted to do straight off, straight out of high school. I took on social work through advice from a friend because she realized I loved working with people. But something I was really passionate about was actually drama. And I studied dramatic mm. arts when I was in high school. And when I think about recruitment, I try to channel <laughs> that side of myself. I try to channel, you know, the acting side of myself in a sense that when I was studying dramatic arts, I learned about method acting and I learned about fully immersing yourself in a role and becoming the role. And I do the same thing when I'm, when I'm recruiting. When I think about you know, a new role and a new position, when I have that kickoff conversation with a hiring manager, I get a full understanding of what are the inner workings of someone in this position? What does the team look like? Understand the dynamic. What kind of personalities are in the team? What is missing from that team? And through mm-hmm. those different interactions I'm having, 
I feel when I'm sitting down and I'm doing screening calls with candidates, when I'm looking at resumes, when I'm advising the hiring panel, I'm able to advise them from a, from a space of they trust me and they trust what knowledge I'm sharing with them because I've researched this role to the position of feeling as though I am <laughs> one with them. I'm in their team and I'm, I'm part of the, you know, the bigger picture as well. I talk to recruiters that come from all different kinds of backgrounds. And I think your background is a really good example because you've taken on new jobs in various industries, in various geographies, many times over. And I love that about recruiting. Like, Not only are we curious about helping people and learning their stories, us as recruiters often also come from an extremely like diverse set of experiences. Absolutely. And with every single person we get to interact with, we learn so much. Uh, with every single screening call I have, just getting that opportunity, whether it's 20 minutes or 45 minutes to just connect with another human being, understand, like you were saying, what drives them, what excites them. I'm glad that you mentioned curiosity because one of my favorite interview questions to ask is what drives your curiosity? Because I really love to understand, you know, why why is this person sitting in front of me? Why are they looking for a new job? And why are they looking for a new job here? And often ties into what excites them, what, what they're curious mm -hmm. about, what makes them tick. Yeah. What do you think is a common misconception about recruiters? So something I always tell my hiring managers is I struggle with the term recruiter purely because it has such a bad name. Being a recruiter, mm. if you go on LinkedIn and you reach out to someone and you have the title recruiter, you're probably going to get ignored. If you look at response rates to recruiter outreach messages, it's not super high. The minute you get a hiring manager to reach out to a candidate, the response rate climbs significantly. So I think the biggest misconception is that recruiters simply don't understand what people need. And for me, that's what drives me. So for me, it would be, how do I look at changing that misconception of the fact that recruiters don't understand what people need to, this is all that recruiters are obsessed with. Recruiters are obsessed with what people need <laughs> so that they can really, you know, make that match, find that perfect fit, find that connection between the company's purpose and your own personal purpose. And that for me would be the cherry on the cake. <laughs> I like that you bring up titling. Uh, this was something that I thought a good amount about not too long ago. Um, and I think our industry so far has experienced a little bit of a change in how people are titling recruiters. The term recruiting very much evokes this idea of someone leaves, there's an empty seat, you react, you fill it, right? It's like a pretty transactional, reactive kind of work. But we've seen the evolution to people using terms like talent acquisition, which tends to imply more strategic work. Maybe you're thinking about things like nurturing talent pools, using a CRM, using data and analytics to inform your pipeline, recognizing that you have a pipeline in the first place that is very similar to, for example, a sales pipeline and how you think about top of the funnel, conversion metrics, health of the funnel. And so it's been really awesome, even within my time being a TA professional, to see the evolution of not just how people are recognizing the importance of what recruiters do, but also recognizing that like the titling or what we call, uh, what we used to call recruiting might look different. So I am seeing more and more things like talent acquisition partner being a thing. 
And I'm just I'm very excited to see how the industry continues to evolve as recruiting does become more proactive and more strategic. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more because recruiting is really just one tiny part of the puzzle when it comes to talent acquisition. Right. When you think about, you know, brand marketing, attracting people, that's not recruiting necessarily. You just simply sourcing, sharing, you know, more about the company, getting people excited about the brand, whether it's them that get hired in the end or someone that they're sitting at a dinner table talking about your company too, and they then pass on that message. Everyone is potentially an ambassador for your company if you create the right brand identity. So recruiting has so much more than just that. Recruiting is so much bigger than just the process of screening resumes, having interviews, and hiring someone. You have to think about attracting. You have to think about retention. You have to think about growing people within the company. When I have that kickoff conversation, I'm always chatting to hiring teams about, is there anyone internally that we could potentially mm -hmm. promote to this position or grow into this role? Because it doesn't necessarily have to come from outside. So it's always about, you know, thinking about the bigger picture and really being a partner to the business and a partner to all the people within the company so that you're seeing it all grow as one big machine. It kind of reshapes the conversation from recruiting is all about making a hire or closing a deal. It's about who is the right fit and how do we enable success long-term, um, whether it's an internal person or someone external to the company, like what does that look like? What does long-term success for that person look like? They always say, ABC, always be closing. I say, always be caring, <laughs> rather. <laughs> care about the people, care about the company, you know, keep yeah. all of that in mind and you can still close with a little bit of care. <laughs> I love that. What a nice, what a nice twist. If nothing else, what would you want other recruiters or anyone listening to this podcast to take away from our conversation today? Ah, oh, great question. I think for me, it's really transforming the way in which recruitment is seen, taking what we know, using the wealth of knowledge we have and, and sharing it. We've seen some of the, you know, the craziest times as of recently, you know going through the great resignation, all the layoffs that are currently happening in the world of tech, it's, it's tough out there. So if we could really use all of our knowledge, share that with the world, and if the one thing that everyone you know, can take away from this is that recruiters do care. We're here for you. We, we want you to succeed and we want to see you grow and we want to see you, you know, reach your goals. And the same for the company. So if, if that is a takeaway, then that would excite me the most because that's what, that's what wakes me up every morning. Thank you, Steph. That was a really awesome conversation. I feel like our time really flew by today, but it was great having you uh, on this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Steph. And thank you to all of our listeners. Please take time to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Find out how to hire for what's next by visiting us at greenhouse.io. Special thanks to our production partner, Wonder Media Network. Our producers are Brittany Martinez and Alana Herlins, and our production assistant is Sarah Schlied. Our greenhouse producer is Marnie Williams. Until next time.